0: I hope you're hungry because you're listening to
1: everybody eats welcome back everyone welcome back to another episode of the everybody eats podcast it's your host Bensky Bellazaire we have our co-host Ian McPhee on the line and we have a very special guest with here with us here today miss Roshana Scott thank you very much for joining us today it means a lot um so before before we get into that make sure you follow us on all platforms instagram TikTok, twitter apple podcast spotify wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there um, make sure you tune in i hope you guys are staying safe staying healthy um everyone's like starting to reopen and all that stuff with, with corona so stay safe stay healthy um and do your thing so uh, let's get it rolling. So, Miss Roshana, thank you very much for joining us uh, again today. So, I think the first time I heard about you is definitely through uh, Ernie Leisure. Um, as I kind of mentioned off camera, I had the chance to meet with you at the Ernie Leisure event back in December at the Top Golf in D.C. Um, and honestly, I, I love your story. I love your work that you do. Um, so, you know, reached out and thank you, thank you for coming. So, appreciate that.
0: Absolutely, thanks for reaching out, and I'm excited that we got a chance to connect, that was a really great event, you know, pre-COVID, right, mm-hmm. back when <laughs> life was normal, right. we was, you know, traveling and hopping on planes and stuff, Exactly, so, exactly. know, yeah, that was a great event, and, um, Thanks
1: for having me on the the show. sure, for sure. So, um, if we could start, if you could just briefly introduce yourself, your background, where you're from, what do you do, how do you you get into real estate, and all that good stuff. And, you know, we'll start from there. Yep. So, I am um, born and
0: raised on the south side of Chicago. And um, how did I get into real estate? So, like a lot of people, I read, you know, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, and that was me saying, like, okay, I knew I wanted to be successful, but I didn't know how. I didn't know what that was going to look like. But when I read the book, I was like, oh, okay, so real estate is going to be the way. You know, it just clicked, just made sense, like it does for so many people. Um, and that book was actually given to me. Um, by, I used to, my very first job, I used to work at a health food store. And there was a guy who was a regular. It was like a, it's a, a small mom and pop store. And there was a guy who was a regular. And he would often come in and we would talk about, like, the properties that he owned and his tenants and, 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 all, and all this and that. And then he was like, you know, I'm going to bring you a book one day. And I was like, okay, cool. And, you know, come to find out day written for that. And and it's also the book that he, he gives his tenants the book, mm. too. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then fast forward from there, um, I uh, got my license. And early on, I think I was like 20 or 21 or something, or 19. um, I got my license early on, uh, and that was me getting my feet wet in real estate. Uh, But I was also working full-time in school full-time. I actually used to work for a property management company, too, Mm. um, while I was in school and and hustling and learning real estate on the side. So, And from there... um, you know, the journey just continues from, you know, getting in and out of real estate and um, and purchasing a, a guru program, you know, which a lot of folks talk about. Um, some say it's good, bad, whatever. Um, I definitely have my my take on it. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely have spent money um, in education um, and then know, fast forward to present day to where um, I do have some experience in investing, um, different areas of investing. And then I am a full-time real estate agent here in, um, I'm licensed in the state of Illinois,
1: but, you know, um, the Greater Chicago area. Got it, got it. So um, I want to ask, is, would you say either like investing, real estate, was that something that you either grew up learning, is that something that maybe you heard with growing up, or was that something not at all, and like you said, it's just something you just came about when that man uh, gave you that book, or like, was it familiar or no? Yeah, so not at all, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Like
0: a lot of folks, that was not the topic of discussion in my household at all, and I quickly realized that, and quickly realized that that was a problem. It wasn't really until... I was um, probably mid, like, high school year, you know, to my early 20s, 17, 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there where I'm like, you know, this is a problem. Why why don't we um, know more about credit and finances and budgeting and, you know, the conversations just were not being had um, definitely within my household or within my community or even within my sphere of influence, right, uh, amongst my peers. And... I actually had a mentor at the time who was a friend of mine. Her dad, so she and I, we went to high school together. And I found out that her dad did real estate. And I remember calling him one day. And I don't remember if I had read the book first or what it was. I think I had probably read the book first because I think that's kind of where I got my interest. But when I found out he, you know, had some experience in real estate, I was like, hey, I want to learn. He was like, "Are you sure? Are you for real?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay, so meet me at the library, you know, and then we'll sit down and we'll go over, you know, everything." And so I definitely I showed up. I was hungry. I was thirsty to learn. You know, I didn't know what I didn't know. So um, we sat down, and he broke down um, a lot. He he definitely laid the foundation, helped lay the foundation for me just getting started in real estate. Um, and knowing, you know, a lot of what I know now. Um, but the other thing, too, and, and I talk about this, I tell people, like, it's great to have a mentor, but it's even greater to have many mentors, mm. right? Because you want to have mentors in different areas and different aspects of your life. Um, and so this particular mentor, like, said, was great for just laying the foundation, but as far as once the foundation was laid, it was like, okay, what's next? You know, where do I go? How do, you know, where do I go from here? And, and it's because he had a lot of success in the industry back in the day, you know, pre-crash. But after the crash, you know, it was a, it was a different world. It was a different world, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. So, that was kind of the, the, what the beginning looked like.
1: Got it. So, um, you mentioned something interesting. You said um, not just finding one mentor, but having, like, finding mentors, like, multiple. Okay. So, um I feel like I've heard that multiple times, and I've heard a lot of people ask, like, oh, how do I find a mentor? So how would you advise someone, like, how do you go about finding one or multiple mentors?
0: So the thing is that you really don't find the mentor. The mentor finds the mentee, Mm. Um, and the mentee is found by doing the work and putting yourself out there. So, like, the, the guy that I went to, like, yes, I did go to him, and I was like, hey, I want to learn, but I didn't necessarily say I want you to be my mentor, but also the very first thing that he asked from me was for me to put some skin in the game. You know, I had to show up early, be on time, you know, and and and, and really commit to the things that he was telling me to do and getting set up, get my business going and stuff like that. Um, you know, fast forward... Sit down Because I think that's the thing, you know, a lot of folks um, are looking for mentors and we want mentors and people who are very high performance and people who are already busy. And so oftentimes you run across people who are like, oh, well, I don't have the time. But here's the thing, they want to make sure that the mentee, that individual, is putting in the time, putting in the skin in the game. And so when you put yourself out there, you're showing up, you're asking questions, you're going to events, you're meeting people. Like, I remember one of my other mentors, I I met him at an event, and I didn't go up to him and I said, you know, can you be my mentor? I went up to him, and I was like, and I just introduced myself, and I told him who I was and what I was looking to do. And he said, you know, meet me on Tuesday at 9 at, you know, this address you know, at at, at one of my properties. Um, And I did. And I showed up. Yeah. And then from there, you know, the relationship grew, you know? And so I tell people all the time, 90% of success is, is showing up, you know? And that is going to be the best advice is putting your best foot forward because the mentor is going to see that you are trying mm. and see that you are doing the work. And then it's, it's, it's a natural connection that happens. And I want to define the difference between mentor, mentee, and coach, right? Mm. Because a coach you pay for. For a coach, you, you know, you have a real estate coach and you are taking classes or you're, you know, doing a project or, you know, whatever the case where it is a strictly, um, you know, business exchange, you know, that relationship. So oftentimes, too, a lot of people confuse a coach with a mentor, you know, because if it's a stranger and you coming up to a stranger with a thousand questions that you need answered right now about your project, that coach is more than likely going to give you an invoice. No, but a mentor is someone that it takes time, you know, to build that relationship with over time, and 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 more than likely it's just gonna happen naturally and it happens organically, but it won't happen with, without you showing up first.
1: Got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I would say um, a lot of people I considered mentors weren't anyone that I was like, hey, be my mentor. It was just someone like right. I just asked them a bunch of questions eventually, and like I just learned a lot from them, and I was like, okay, yeah, I think I consider this person my mentor mainly because like I learned a lot from them or. They're an expert, and I can go to them. And it's funny, like sometimes I'll consider them, like, oh yeah, you're my mentor. And they're like, oh, don't say it like that. And I'm like, no, for real. Like, I learned a lot from you. So, like, I consider you, like, my, my mentor. So, I definitely agree. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. And like you said, it's like, it's like whether they know it or not, whether they signed up for it or not, you know, yeah. it is something that happened organically.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh so it'll mean, be something
2: that's natural. Yeah, I was going to say, questions, comments? I don't know, just something like natural, not like, you know, Forced, like she said, you know, the men, the men, the mentor finds the mentee. Is that is that, I don't want this culture. Yeah, all right. So yeah, it's you know something that's natural. You don't force, force it. Kind of like you don't force a friendship or anything. So definitely,
1: definitely. So um, so I want to uh, ask, so you hear a lot of stories, like I'm not from Chicago, right? I hear a lot of stories from Southside Chicago, right? Like you hear like, you know, it's crazy out there, it's not a third. So I'm curious, is it quote unquote as bad as you hear on the news in terms of either, you know, properties or in terms of, you know, the type of people? So like, I'm, I'm curious, like what, um, I guess like what kind of properties and what kind of like neighborhood are you, you know, if you're still working in that area, like, what kind of, like, you know, environment are you, are you working in?
0: Yeah, so I work, um, all over the city, so, and Chicago is huge, so it's not just, you know, one side of town. We have, um, really three main sides of town. We have the north side, we have the south side, and we have the west side, and then we have surrounding suburbs. So... Um, Chicago can be also you know, the greatest Chicago-land area, but it can definitely take you 45 minutes or even an hour or an hour and a half, depending on traffic, to get from one end of the city to the next. So there's definitely no way to say that Chicago, you know, you can pinpoint what is portrayed on the news to be all of Chicago. Absolutely not. It doesn't, it, it just doesn't even make sense realistically. Um, and then like you mentioned from a property value you know, standpoint, right? We have multi-million dollar properties in certain neighborhoods in the city. Uh, we have high rises, um, you know, downtown. We have um, properties that are undervalued. Uh, we have properties that are in um, not so great areas where, you know, the price points might be better. So, and that's what I love about Chicago. It has a lot that, that we have a lot to offer, yeah. right? Uh, and majority of people who come here, when they do come here for the first time, they're like, oh, it's nothing like they said it was going to be. You know? (laughs) Um, And I think as in any, as with any major city that you have, you're going to have just, like, you're going to have a lot of segregation, Mm. right? You're going to have like this group of people on one side of town and this group of people on another. So you're going to have that um, in major cities. Just due to the way things are just set up economically. Yeah. Like, and it, and, it, and that is, I mean, it's unfortunate, but that, that is the world that we live in. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just in Chicago. You know, if you go to New York, you go to L.A., you go to Atlanta, you go to wherever, you know, you definitely have um,
2: a lot of, you know,
0: poverty areas, especially in big city. You know, you have wealthy people, you have, um, you know, middle-working class, and, and, and you have, um, you know...
1: Yeah, yeah, got everything, yeah. a little bit of everything, definitely, Aww. so um, what would, um, I know like every city is a little bit different, so I guess we can cover, the, we'll cover maybe a little bit more of this in the, in the second segment, but um, I'm interested a little bit, um, I guess, in you know, the type of properties, I guess, like you, you invested in, in that city, so I've been to Chicago a few times, but I stayed more, um, I had family more in like the outsides, I think in, like Oak Park, I think that's more like the like suburban area. So I see, mm-hmm. um, yeah, West Suburb. Yeah. Okay. So um, I see on like Instagram, you post a lot of like multi multi unit properties, and it's funny because like out here in Norfolk, we don't have. I would say I've been here from what I've seen. It's mainly like either like single family homes or like maybe like four units, right? But like I feel like there's no there's no like two units. There's nothing like in between, and there's not really a lot of, like high, like sky rises. So. Um, I'm interested, like, in Chicago, I guess, what would you say is the most popular or most common type of property um, out there or, you know, something in that aspect?
0: Yeah. I mean, as far in the single-family space, uh, Chicago is known for the bungalow, um, the Chicago bungalow. Um, That's one of our pretty much, like, historic landmark-type properties Mm -hmm. in a single-family space. Um, In the multi-family space, like you said, we do have two, three, four, sixes, 12, 18, 24, 36. Um, It was a city that was built for density, um, you know, for a large population. And, you know, that of which we do, you know, we have, um, you know, 3 million people, you know, population of third largest city in the country. So um, it is common definitely to see um, a lot of single-family homes. Uh, a lot of two units and three units, and it depends on the areas too, because some are going to have you know more than than the others. There's are some areas that are going to be all multi There's are some areas that are going to be all single family. And, you know, you know. So there's there's actually um, a mix, and it's interesting actually the way it's uh, set up, but. Yeah, so so I can't say, you know, Chicago isn't known for just one, because I mean, even like to even go downtown, we have skyscrapers, but I do realize that in the Midwest, we do have a lot, um, we do have more multi-units than a lot of my colleagues, like on the East Coast or on the West Coast, that's just not a thing that's common for you guys, but um, yeah, we we, we have, that's why I said Chicago has a lot to offer, you know, depending on what you're looking for.
1: Definitely, definitely. Uh, Edom, any questions, comments? No, uh, no, no, no. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, so I guess the uh, to to wrap this up, I would say, um, starting off in in your you know real real estate journey, right? So I would say, what were obviously like? There's a lot of learning points, learning curves, right? So I would going to say, what would be some of the key points you learned early on, or some of the key like maybe it's like some big mistakes possibly that you made or Mm -hmm. you know starting off or something that like okay I you know like some yeah yeah
0: definitely trusting yourself more uh, so much more than you're doing right now right because um I was one of those folks where and I still got a little bit in me but I starting out I definitely believed in the power of um like economics and even group economics but more so like partnerships mm. and while all the while partnerships are still good, I still do believe in them. But I also believe that a lot of things you can accomplish on your own. Um, you know, should you just put in the the work and, and believe in yourself, you know, believe that you can accomplish whatever. So if you wanna buy a building, if you wanna buy a home, if you wanna buy an investment property, if you wanna flip, if you wanna do rentals, you know, and that's the thing. A lot of first-time investors are waiting for the perfect time to get started and are, are looking to have all the answers and realistically you won't have all the answers no one has all the answers even the experts still don't have all the answers you yeah. know because things change right like even the experts when the, the coronavirus is like they never thought it we would be in a Make pandemic nobody you know did. so things change but um one definitely one of my lessons early on um, was believing in yourself and knowing that you already have everything that you need, you know, to be successful in this industry and and you don't need anybody else. Um, But that was a hard lesson for me to learn because I, again, I just believe that, you know, we all can work together. We all can, you know, do business together and, and, and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it, it has definitely taught me some lessons along the way. And, and, and I have friends who actually remind me, like, you know, what are you doing? You know, you, you can do this and you can do that. And and, and so, yeah, so I, so I definitely have learned my lessons with that along the way. But, yeah, you won't have all the answers before you get started. Definitely,
2: definitely. So would you say that's, like, synonymous with um knowing when to take the training wheels off and and kind of not looking behind you at your, uh, okay, all right.
0: Yep, yeah, because the thing is, like, in real estate, once you have your professionals lined up, like, they're supposed to guide you along the way. That's why they are the professionals. You don't have to be a professional or or an expert at, at what you're doing when you have a team, and that's why, you know, you hear so many people talk about how important it is to have a solid team, and it is. And the best way, if you're just starting out, of course, you won't have a team, you won't know who to go to, so you get recommendations, you know? Okay. Um, but yes, that is, you can take the training wheels off as soon as you have your team. Um, and so, you know, whether that is, like we talked about, a mentor or a coach. You know, in, in real estate, a realtor, um, an attorney, an inspector, a contractor, you know, things like that. And of course, for those types of, I mean, real estate is, is a, you know, it's a big transaction. So you want referrals, you know, you don't want somebody, you just Google and maybe, you know, they had a couple of reviews and, you know, you want referrals when it comes to building your team. And so when you do eventually get those referrals, yeah, I think it's it's good to take the training
1: wheels off. Okay. So I was actually, I actually kind of want to say that for the last second, I was going to ask like, how do you find like that piece? You know like like contractors and like you know lenders and all that good stuff so um i think we'll, we'll save that for, for the final segment but um on that note thank you uh we'll wrap up the first segment and then we'll head over to do um, our quote of the day all right welcome back everyone welcome back to a segment two of the everybody eats podcast we're about to do our quote of the day we're here with Sean scott just had a great conversation um, by her, or her background, getting into real estate. Um, so now we'll do the quote of the day. Edom, got that quote. What? What we got?
2: Okay. So the quote is, uh, "To be successful, you can't work for money." Mm. I feel like I've heard that multiple times. Uh, yeah, probably said it in different ways.
1: Dang. I like the last person I heard say that was, I saw like a Steve Harvey clip of him saying that, but is that is that where the quote is from? Uh,
2: no, I'm pulling it from someone I heard it from. Okay, yeah, yeah, I feel uh, like I've,
1: I've heard multiple people, but who's, uh, any tips or like, to guess like who you got the, who got the quote from? Uh,
2: this person's a philanthropist. I believe he's a CEO and i feel like it was a big hit, but maybe um, i'm hoping y'all won't know it. but he's uh, diddy's mentor dang uh,
1: nah not, i don't know
2: not, okay um his name is ray dalio oh,
0: okay i know the name um I
1: know I definitely know I definitely know the name. Got it, got it. Okay, the Be Successful So yeah, I
2: was just watching something like uh a few weeks back and uh it was an interview back in December of uh, that Diddy did I think on his podcast with uh his mentor. So Got it, got it. That was one of the things he said. To be successful, you don't work for money. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. I've always, like I've, I've been hearing a lot, like, you know, work for, you know, don't chase the money, don't work for money, it's always about, like, you know, producing the value, right? If you if you produce value, if you're working for something that, you know, brings service to someone else or brings value to someone else, then the money will come, you know, then you could, like, charge the price. But if you're always, like, chasing that dollar, chasing that dollar, it's not really, like, you're, you're gonna be chasing it forever, and it's not really going to be, you know, successful you know, so you always want to chase, chase that value, so.
2: Yeah, I think it kind of just highlights that success is, you know, it, it, it takes different forms, and, um, you know, let's say, unfortunately, you're not as lucrative as you want to be, but, you know, if you're not working for the money, then, and, you know, in other aspects of whatever it is you're doing, you might be successful, you know. Um, take banking, for example, or uh, uh, arts and crafts, uh, business you know as long as you're doing what you want to do you want to make people happy as long as that's your main focus it doesn't matter where the money is
0: yeah absolutely um, like you said for pro- providing and producing that value but then um, also coming with you know quality customer service um, quality marketing right all of those things will help you you know it'll help you grow your business um, and it'll definitely benefit you because obviously the better um, service that you give, then the more referrals that you'll get and and the better service that you give more than likely is gonna be um uh, it's going to come from you doing something that you love, something that you enjoy, something that you're passionate about. Because in business you aren't every day is not gonna be a great day. Yeah. So you aren't gonna <laughs> feel like, you know, being happy go lucky all the time, but um, you know, because it's something that you enjoy doing, you're good at doing it, and you do it,
1: you know, without even thinking about it. Definitely. I forgot where I heard oh. it recently, um, but someone was talking about, like, your reputation, right? And I was like, your, your reputation speaks louder, you know, than, than anything. Um, I appreciate and, you. Yeah, yeah, obviously, right? You, you hear that. So, like, when you mentioned, like, customer service, right, and it's like, you know, um. I think I think it was like the when we when we interviewed Tally and Twine, um, uh, the watch company, and he was saying that like even even when it comes to, like the packaging, when it comes to, like the small stuff, you want to make sure that you're doing it of high quality because even if it's just like one sale, but like that rep, like that person is going to speak to someone else, right? He's going to give that word of mouth. That's how the referrals come to come in mind, right? So it's like, you know, doing it for you know doing it for the value and not doing it for the money. And another thing that just came to mind is um. You know I think it's Gary Vee who says this sometimes like hey like if you're if you're doing uh, if it's like your business hobby or something like that and you know you want to make sure you're doing it for the love of it because like you I pretty much he was saying like if you were not to get paid for what you were doing right would you still put in the same amount of effort you know and I think um, that sticks with me sometimes when you say like sometimes business isn't good it's sometimes you're not seeing the results that you want but are you doing it for the likes, the followers and the money, or are you doing it because like you truly you truly love it and this is truly what you wanna do? Right. So when the numbers aren't hitting, right, and when you're you know, maybe the, the deals aren't setting or the deal or you're not getting those followers, do you still have that same passion? Do you still have that same love for it? You know, so um, that's,
0: that's real, real. Yeah. that's real yeah because you are not gonna feel like you know going to work every day yeah. um, and that's where you know and, and whether that's to work for somebody else or to work for yourself you, yeah. you, it's just natural you know human reaction but like you said you know that passion and that commitment you know that drive and that discipline you yeah. know just being disciplined to okay you know, and speaking of quotes, right? There's another quote that I really like, and I don't know whose it is, um, but it says, "You won't always be motivated, so you must learn to be disciplined." Mm, that's um, true. Yeah. And that can go, you know, across the board, right? Whether it's, um, whether it's, you know, career wise, uh, whether it's diet, right? No. <laughs> um <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Whether it's diet, yes. working out, budgeting, yeah. mm-hmm. right? It's it all, it all comes
1: back to the um, discipline definitely definitely. yeah I feel like uh, I, I think like Eric Thomas I think I've heard him say something like that too like pretty much like work even when you're not feeling motivated or something it's pretty much something along that lines you know what I'm saying so it's <laughs> like yeah you're not always going to feel like yeah like you know let's go let's go do this but it's like alright you know once you have that consistency and that discipline that you're going to do it regardless you know
2: so <laughs> yeah I feel that working out aspect of it at last like Three times I went to go from my workout I just was not feeling it. Not feeling it. <laughs> is that, is that, is that the discipline that comes in really, you
1: know, yeah. so. And like, i and resonate with that. One last thing that, um, something I've been trying to tell myself lately, right? When it comes to like working out, all right? either like working out business work, anything, right? I kind of think like, all right, am I going to regret doing it in the end? You know what I'm saying? Like after I finish working out, am I ever going to be like, oh, I regret working out? For the most part, no. You never really like say like yeah, you might be sore or whatever. But realistically at the end of say like working out or you know do something for your business, once you complete it, you usually feel good, right? All that like negativity or I don't feel like doing it is always like the before. You know what I'm saying? So it's like once you but once you like actually do it, you never really I've never really looked back, oh I regret working out, I regret putting in that extra effort. Realistically it never happens, right? So Sometimes I try to tell myself, like, think about the end. Like, am I really going to regret putting in the extra effort? I know I won't. So, like, that kind of, like, helps me. um, That helps me a little bit. Like, thinking about what the end result will be. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, any questions, I mean, comments, pretty much? Wrap it up. You regret being lazy more than you do doing it. So. (laughs) That's a fact. That's (laughs) (laughs) real. That's a fact. That's a fact. You gotta write that down for a different quote. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. But to
2: repeat it, the quote uh, quote is To be successful, you can't work for money.
1: To be successful? Uh, To be successful, you can't work for money. So, on that note, we'll wrap up this segment and then we'll head to our final segment talking about flipping in heels and getting real estate deals. Oh, that's a bar. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Alright, welcome back everyone. Segment three of Everybody Eats Podcast. We're here with Roshana Scott. Now we are talking about flipping in heels. So if you could uh, describe how did it start, what is it, what's the goal, and yeah, we'll start from there. Yeah, so flipping in
0: heels is to highlight,
2: um, to and to educate and
0: encourage and empower and motivate and all of you know all of those powers. Um, women investing, women investors, women who want to get into investing, um, it is for her, right? Mm-hmm. It also was created because I didn't see a woman, you know, like I said, when I invested into the Google program, I didn't see another woman um, who I could look up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about like men- mentors and-, and mentees in another segment.
2: You know that episode. I never
0: had or a female. I never found her. I never came across her. Um, and thank God for today, for social media. Now I'm able to, you know, meet so many amazing women who are doing amazing things in real estate. Um, to where I'm like, man, I wish I, you know, had you ten years ago. But but to create that platform um, for women to you know, just connect with one another and learn with and grow with one another. But then also under Flippin' in Heels, um, there's the community. So the community is called Infinity, um, and it's a women's membership group where we meet twice a month online, and the women are from all across the country, and we um, teach and we learn um, about all things real estate investing. And so, you know, we have different experts who do sessions and, and, and all of that. But again, it's it's about that community, that support, that sisterhood, because, Um, like I was saying before, like you have everything in you to get started, but sometimes it does take having that support, um, or somewhere where you can just get your questions answered because that's the thing, you know, we don't know what we don't know. So a lot of times we do nothing out of fear, Mm. right? Um, and so because of that fear will stop us from doing things. But if you have a community where you can get your questions answered, you have that, that support. Um... You know, it just it just encourages more people to do more, and especially women who um, are in a very male dominated industry, right? The investing space is male dominated. So yes, women can be landlords. Yes, they can flip houses. Yes, they can also be general contractors. Um, and really pushing and highlighting and promoting that. So yep, that's what that's what it's all about.
1: Definitely, that's that's amazing. So is that something you started like solo, or is that something that like you found like a group and then you like built it up?
0: Oh no! It's all solo. Okay. All 100 percent solo. Um. Yeah, it was all me. It was. Um. I got the idea from a friend. Well, I got the name from a friend. We were talking about like doing um a show or something at some point, and he was saying, and because I was always about like the women empowerment and and all of that, and he was like, oh well, we, we can call it this. And I was like, oh okay, that's cool, that's catchy. The show never happened. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. but, but but I had but I had the desire to still do something for women and and make it about women. Um, and then I also wanted to have like connect with other women and have them even come on for with me. Um, but that didn't work out. So like I said, I just had to press forward and you know lay the platform and create the foundation. But yep, yeah, it is a hundred percent by me. I built it. You know, I own it um
2: but yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I, and, and 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 it's still it's not just like um like i don't know where it's gonna grow right like yeah. the flipping and hill is gonna be you know an investment group down the line for women and, and, and all of that because right now i don't have anything set up to collectively like invest or pull on um you know that's really the legal side of things um you know i don't have anything set up like that to invest through flipping and heel. Um, it's more so like the brand, you know, the digital phase um, of, like I said, that community and that support and everything. But am I open to, you know, whatever down the line? Absolutely. Because, again, as long as we're fulfilling the mission and the mission is the same, you know, again, to educate and you know empower and motivate and support women who are in this industry who are feeling alone because I know what it feels like.
1: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, that's definitely yeah, that's definitely encouraging. Um, just seeing that, especially you said he started that, started and built that solo. Um, so I think that, I think that's amazing, and I hope I hope it just continues to grow, right? Because I know I know there's I know it's very very profitable, and kind of like you said, like there's a lot to learn about it, right? I really recently, really, really, re- recently started getting more into it. And I'm like, wow, like there's such such to so so much to learn. Right, and I can imagine like if you don't have someone to go to, it can be probably like frustrating if you don't have someone like, you know, to go and like have questions and do all that. So definitely, definitely admire that. Um, so now I kinda wanna get into more of like the real estate like deals and the type of like I guess like deals and things that you do. So, um, you said you're a full time real estate agent. So are you and then you're an investor as well. So are you like are you doing more like buying holds or are you doing like wholesaling are you doing flipping. like flipping so is that like just flipping or like mainly flipping or it's like a mix of everything
0: so it's mainly flipping i've done some wholesale um but i didn't like actively market for the buyer and you know that whole thing of like the typical yeah um you know wholesale transaction um it was Pretty much like those deals came to me yeah. and by me having my investment knowledge, I just knew what to do. So, yeah. you know, from there, I, um, I knew how to like lock up the deal, talk to the seller get another contract. And then I actually, JB you know, joined Venture with um, someone who does wholesale in 24-7, and we, you know, got the deals done and, and got paid. And so, from there, it was funny, because like, I have a lot of friends who are in the hotel space, and I was like, mm, maybe I should focus more on this wholesale thing. Um, and that might still be in the future, uh, but, yes, as far as my experience, it has been um, in tax lien investing. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to um, run a fund for investing in tax liens, and so I do have experience with that. And then also, um, on the flipping side of flipping properties and working with contractors and working with investors and, and that sort of thing. So I have that. So that's, um, for me, and for a lot of people that I know, that is usually like the first phase of investing. Some people, it, it depends on how you start out. So for me, I want flip it to be like my first phase of investing and then transition into, um, Buying home, and so actually that's where I am right now. That's mm-hmm. my route. So I'm actually finishing up um, the properties that uh, I, the last couple ones I deal with a partner, and uh, we actually had a to closing today, and we got a couple more to close out. Um, and then you know I'll be making that transition. So that's been my experience in uh, on the investing side.
1: Got it. Got it. So, um, so in in regards to flipping, could you, I guess, like, um, briefly explain like what it is or like your, your process or like, you know, like for either those who don't know, like what either is, what it is, what's the process of, you know, buying and flipping and like what, what goes into that?
2: I have a, I have a, like a, I guess like an add on question. So in my house, personally, my mom loves watching HDTVs. And they do a show called Flip This House. Is it anything like similar to that?
0: Uh, no. It's a lot more stress. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: know, because I mean, HGTV paints it out to be like you know, yeah, I mean, they're black and
0: white is like TV stress. Yeah. it's definitely. They're not black and white. It's real stress involved. <laughs> um, you know when you. Think you have a small leak and it, you know, turns into a four thousand dollar leak, you know, and and things that just was not in the budget. So no, it's real life stress. Um, But the uh, first question as far as what is flipping? So essentially, um, buy property below market value, um, and then putting money into it to fix it up, and then sell at a higher price. So you know, the profit is the difference in you know what you make in the middle, but between being um, your purchase price and then your all-in rehab costs and then on the other side of what you're going to sell it for, um, even minus your fees. Because that's the other thing um, Since you mentioned, you know, HGTV. Um, that's one other thing that uh, a lot of those shows weren't mentioning. I think they're kind of doing a better job at now. But, you know, they'll say, like, uh, purchase price. They'll, they'll say, like, sell price minus purchase and rehab. And there's that's not realistic because there's other fees associated. You know, there's closing costs. Um. There's realtor fees, title fees, lender fees. Um. So minus whatever fees, you know, then you, that's where you have your net, your net proceeds or your um, net profit. And so, yeah, that's essentially flipping. So it's a buying property that's um, below market value that needs work, putting money into it, you know, turn around and and reselling it. Um. So that is that. And then the number one thing. To have, well, I would say two things, you know, having your finances in order. To one, and two, is having a great contractor um, that is going to be the number one thing in real estate in general, any yeah. type, of, of, a type of renovation, um, you know, unless you plan on buying property that's already fixed up. But, you know, even if you plan on buying property and fixing up and just holding it and renting it out, um, you still want to have, you know, a solid contractor on your team. So... That is what flipping is, but yeah, having your finances in order. So, whether you are using a hard money lender, you know, having your lender lined up or using like private lenders, sometimes they're private investors who will lend you money, um, you know, to do deals. So, whether it's that or like hard you know, money, um, having all of that lined up, and then like, having the contractors in place, and, and, and I talked about it before referrals and recommendations. But having all of that lined up is definitely gonna be key. Knowing your timelines, knowing your exit strategy. You know, how long is this gonna to take to rehab this? What's, how long do we plan on selling it? You know, okay, if it's gonna take us three months, is that gonna put us in the of winter? What's the market like? And what's your market, right? Knowing your market is gonna be huge because you're gonna know, okay, properties usually in this area stay on the market in less than 30 days, right? No. So, certain things that you need to know, or are single family homes even selling right now? Or are, you know, is, is everybody buying mostly units, right? So, knowing what that looks like, and then also the inventory, the amount of inventory that's currently on the market that matches your property, mm. you know, the property that you're considering the, the potential property, you know, is there too much competition out there? So, there's a lot. To <laughs> 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 there's a lot. And that's not even scratching the surface, but I mean, that's a you know, there's, of course, so much information out there, right? Podcasts, I, I YouTube. Um, but that is, I would say, just kind of the basics. And then also to your numbers, right? We can't forget the numbers because the money, that's where the money is made, you know, knowing what the numbers are. Having a good purchase price, a solid purchase price, a solid entry point. Um, you know having your rehab number solid and then also having a contingency in your budget for if you go over you know that amount and then still making sure that there's room in there minus the fees to make a profit uh, yes
1: yeah, that's a lot <laughs> so um so in terms of that contractor i'm, I'm curious right so i'm that I haven't yet had to ever deal with one, right, but I've heard people, even, like, at work, I've heard people say, like, oh, this contractor's taking, like, three months to get this done. It should have only taken, like, you know, a month or two, right? So, like, I've just heard stories of people either, like, complaining or just, like, you know, um, about contractors. So, I'm curious, and I guess for our audience, too, how do you go, Besides, so, I know you said referrals, but, like, generally, like, how do you go about finding a good contractor, but then even when you get one, There's also, like, making sure that they're on top of their work, right? Because you can find a contractor, but they take forever and take longer. So, I guess, like, are there any tips of dealing with contractors, finding contractors and things like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to stand on anybody's hair, right? Nobody wants to micromanage. Um, And so, I would say, so, first of all, like I said, uh the referrals and the recommendations are gonna be huge. That is going to come through, um, you can even join like Facebook groups, right? Mm-hmm. You can join local Facebook groups or your local RIA, your real estate um, investment association. Um, or there's local meetups too that you can join that will give you um, resources. And so the referrals and recommendations that come through there are gonna be solid, especially within a Facebook group um, you know, whatever your city is. I guarantee if you Google that in the word I mean I Google would you search searching on Facebook like Chicago real estate There's like a hundred groups that come up, you know, mm. so join in those groups and then letting people know you need referrals recommendations, you know, of course family and friends have worked, you know, with people too So you can get those recommendations from them as well. And then once you are referring those individuals um, You know, you want to ask them certain things like um, you know how many crews do you have? Um, how many people do you have working for you? How many jobs do you take on at a time? How many jobs do you have right now? Mm. Um, you know you want to go and visit their any current jobs that they have, um, mm. so you can see their work at currently. You know because anybody can show you a picture and say this is my work. So being able to go and visit a job site that you know they're currently working on, so you can see the quality of. Um, you know their work, the workmanship, um, and then also from the contract terms, you want to, uh, of course, talk about payment, right? When and how? Um, never, I would never, I would almost never give a deposit upfront, um, unless it was for materials. And for materials, you can actually pay for those um you know directly to the store. So let's say it's like a Home Depot or Lowe's of an or something like that. You can buy the materials directly at the store and then you know you can pay the contractor uh, you know their labor quote or their cost of mm. But a lot of the times we hear, oh I gave the contractor X amount of money and deposit or whatever and they ran off with the money. When you yeah. think about it, like when you start a new job, you know, at a nine to five most times, it's usually three weeks until you get your first paycheck. It's a fine You day. know, so if you like you don't get paid up front, and then you and then, and then you start to work. You know, it's the other way around. So a lot of times in the construction industry, um, people will try that, right? And then also to figuring out, um, as I mentioned already, you know, are they charging you uh, a labor quote and a material quote? Because and I and I say that because it's actually. Will be better for you to do like labor only because we talk about the horror stories right there's so many stories to where contractors will slip in uh the
2: material costs
0: yes. mm. exactly exactly you know, my, i have the
2: same thing going on yeah. when, uh, my house is getting redone so yep, yeah, i know exactly yep yeah.
0: Yep, yep, so asking them, you know, is this uh, give me your labor-only price. you know, I'll pay for materials, and, and then that way you know materials that you pay for are going strictly for your job, you know. Um, so I would say those are some initial, you know, good questions to ask when, when interviewing, like I said, um, asking, and then asking them for more referrals, yes, that one person recommended or refer to them but ask for it ask for three more. You know, ask for three more referrals. And and, and call them. <laughs> and you know, and talk and talk to them and ask, you know, what was your experience working
2: with
1: this, this person and, and that type of thing. So yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I found that you just really gave a lot right of there. gems. Yeah, I'm about to say that's that's a that's a lot of gems right Absolutely. there. That's a
2: lot of gems.
1: Yeah, because I'm thinking of um my parents were just recently telling me about like work work they're doing on the house and Um, You know, like having to find quotes, running here and there, and like um, one thing they were mentioning, sometimes the property manager was offering them like a certain contractor or a certain worker to do work on the house, but the price that the property manager was charging or like, you know, the contractor through the property manager was charging was like a thousand dollars higher or a couple hundred dollars higher than like a different contractor that they found. You know, and they're like, okay, you know, it's likely the property manager just trying to like take some off the top, you know, for that referral and things right. like that. So, right, um, I think I think that helps a lot, and that's kind of the stuff that you don't always hear. Kind of like, you know, when you when you see HGTV and they tell you, you know, buy, fix, flip, right? There's a lot, all that underneath and like in between stuff that they don't really mention that like people have right. to go through. So, I think that that's really helpful for for me and anybody else who's like looking to you know fix and flip over there. So anywhere you're at, I think that's really helpful.
0: Yeah,
1: those fees are real. They add up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, but on that note, um, our time is about to run out. Either, do you have any questions, comments you want to end it off with? My God, my God. Like, I
2: really appreciate everything you said. Honestly, I want to keep that with me forever. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. You're welcome. <laughs> definitely, definitely.
1: So if you could, um, like your social media, how can people find you, learn more about... Slipping um, in heels, where can they find you and things like that
0: Yeah, so I'm at Roshanna Scott everywhere So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter um, And then also Also on Instagram, um, flipping in the heels And um, all my links Are in the bio, you know I, um, A friend of mine has A house hacking course, I know we get not really talk about House hacking, but I do talk A lot um, about that to first time home buyers, Um Basically, you know, when you want to buy your first property, and instead of buying like a single family or a condo or a townhome, if you want to buy multi-unit, how that better set up for future, you know, purchases. Um, so there's a house hacking course 101 um, at the link in my bio. Um, and then also to join Infinity, the women's membership group that I talked about that's um, kind of under, you know, the Flipping and Heels family. That link is in the bio. But yeah, I'm like I said, I'm Rashawn has everywhere. If you Google me, um or like to look me up
1: on social media, you can definitely find me. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, on that note, thank you very much. really appreciate it. Um, I learned like a lot, audience. Like Make sure that you're following. Um all that good stuff, right? So, uh, everyone listening, I hope you guys are staying safe. If you guys are reopening, your state's assigned to reopen. Make sure you're still staying safe and what you gotta do. Um, you know, don't, don't want to catch the run up. So, uh, see you guys. <laughs> see you guys next week.